Are you ready to live the all-in life? Then welcome to the All-In Podcast Show, sharing the defining moments of impact-driven entrepreneurs, industry pioneers, and transformative leaders as they showcase their defining moments and went all-in on their business and found true success. From the early steps in their journey to the moment they truly took their commitment to their life and business to another level, we'll give you the insight you need to go all-in on your dream life. Now here's your host, Daniel Giordano. Welcome everyone to the All In Podcast Show. Today, I'm excited to share a message with you uh, from Darlene Corbett. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, I am um, interested in your, you know, your industry because I'm very uh, much into, uh, you know, the power of the mind and the power of, you know, the beliefs and systems that we grew up with. So I'm, I'm excited to hear your story. And I always like to kind of jump in and, and hear a little bit about your background from like where you grew up, and sure. then we'll get into where, what led you into this profession many years ago. Sure. So I grew up in Central Mass, Worcester Mass, and I'm really did full circle, lived in Boston for many years outside and back here now. So I grew up with a sister that was disabled, and that automatically makes you very aware of differences. Over the years, I loved people. My mother and father both loved people too. They used to talk to people. My mother would have people come visit her. I'd come home from school and there's a new person every few weeks talking and sharing her issues with her. And we weren't privy to that, most of them at least, but once in a while I'd listen in. And I realized it's in the genes besides having a disabled sister. Mm -hmm. I tell you that because when I reached graduate school, I found an article that really validated why people go into the profession often. I didn't come from an abusive situation, but I came from differences. And the article indicated that the oldest female child of a family with his disabilities often goes into the helping profession, either psychotherapy, social work, which I am, teaching or other helping professionals. So I thought, wow, that's what led me. It, it was there in the cards and the stars and the genes. That's why I'm a therapist. Right. That's nice. I, and I, you know, it's always fascinating to hear, you know, how that led down that path for you and, and seeing, you know, uh, you know, sometimes we, we look at the, uh, the circumstances that we might be going through in life, you know, or the, you know, with, with having a, you know, a disabled, uh, you know, relative, I have a similar situation with my brother. Yeah. Um, right. So there's, you know, there's interesting things. So there's always that natural instinct to want to help. Right. Yes. Um, you know, and it's seeing where you're at now is like, you know, how many people you've been able to impact because of going through that. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's, I hope so. I really love the people I see. So I'm very blessed. Yeah. Right. So that's good. So, so um, I, I noticed the hypnotherapy side as well, right? Yes. So every, not all therapists do that, right? So I, yeah. so what led you into that realm as well? Great question. So in the late '80s, early '90s, the whole issue of sexual abuse started coming out of the wood, woodwork. For some reason, prior to the '70s, really, they didn't really think it was a, a phenomenon that was really frequented. They thought, oh no, that's very rare. It happens in very dysfunctional families. Then the Vietnam vets were discovered their trauma, they, they dissociated, and then they realized they saw a lot of people that had been victims of abuse that also experienced similar symptoms. So long story short, the whole field basically opened up. I went into hypnosis because I was seeing a lot of trauma clients and a friend of mine said, you should really learn hypnotherapy. It could be very helpful to you in the work you do. And I said, I'm not learning that hocus pocus. Are you kidding? Now I have been in the field for 10 years. Like most people, I knew nothing about it. I went to my first training. I fell in love with it. 
never stopped and really use it for trauma these days. I use it for safety. I always have safety, but really use it for all kinds of other things, habits, phobias, good old self-efficacy, helping people feel more confident, feel better about themselves, anxiety, depression, panic disorder. So yeah, so that I have been doing hypnosis since 1991. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you're a veteran, right? I am. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Fascinating. So, so in building your practice, obviously there's this drive to impact, you know, and, and help others, right? Yeah. Um, have there ever been any challenging times? In terms of challenging periods, you know, well, I'll tell you. So in the late eighties, as I said, trauma was coming out of the woodwork. I had just started a private practice in Lemonster, Massachusetts. Eventually I weaned out of it and went to Needham, but I started having nightmares. I was doing trauma work, running groups for people who had been abused, sexually abused. I started having these nightmares. I was living alone at the time. I hadn't met my husband. Hmm. And I thought a few nightmares over and over as somebody was entering my condo. Hmm. And I thought, wow, I need a vacation. And I took a vacation and those dreams subsided, but it was really frightening. So I think the whole issue at times, I mean, I'm pretty well trained. I've done my own therapy, my own work. I still talk to someone. I've seen it. We've, we've known each other 40 years. We've had a long-term relationship, yeah. right. but I, the challenge is sometimes it gets to me once in a while when I hear much unfairness, much sadness. I see very high functioning people. When I say that, could they live without me? Probably. Do they like having me in their lives? Yes, but they have pain. They have wounds. And, and so for the most part, I do okay, but ever so often it gets to me when I hear such sadness or such unfairness. Right. People that get very, that become debilitated just like that. I mean, health is really wealth. As we know, mm -hmm. you see people develop these horrible diseases out of nowhere or have horrible tragedies. So that's when it gets to me. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's really powerful because I know being involved in the coaching and, you know, coaching space, you know, a lot of times um, I remember asking when I started you know, coaching again, I asked somebody that was mentoring and I said, how do you shield yourself from taking on you know, the pain and taking on because you care, right? Yes. Um, and he yes. said, welcome to coaching, right? <laughs> it's like, so it's its own internal thing you get to figure out. Fortunately, I've been able to figure out some things, but I'm right. fascinated by, you know, seeing that, you know, here you are entrenched in it for, you know, 30 plus years, right? And, yes. and you know, you, you recognize that there's that, you know, uh, that challenge that, you know, because you do care and you take it on, right? Yes, that's so, right. So are there some practices, like for people that are listening to this, right? Are some yeah. practices that help you when you are working with people, you know, that, that help you, you know, be able to protect yourself from taking on that. So, you know, you're not too emotionally involved. Yeah, that's a really, that's, that also is a good question. I, I well, th the good news for me is I have a very positive foundation. I tend to be, if I had to pick something, if I get more anxious and I get depressed, I don't, I, I bounce up, I'm pretty resilient, but what I do is I will, I do exercise, I sing, I read, I love to write. Writing is very therapeutic for me, which I discovered more in my fifties. Mm -hmm. So I do things that distract me, that take me away. And I remind myself that sitting with people that have, whether it be wounds inward or wounds outward or both, that I'm very blessed. And I try to look at what I'm grateful for. I do. I try to look at the fact that 
you know, during this pandemic, I'm alive, I'm healthy, I'm in my early 60s, and I'm still able to do a lot of things I was able to do when I was younger. Now, do I, does it mean I can walk around high heels like I used to know? But I'm very, very blessed, and I try to keep that in, in mind, how fortunate I am. So I think what we have to always remind ourselves is the most important thing is, number one, is yes, things can be tough, but is there something you can look to to feel grateful about? And also hope. As long as we have life on this earth, there's hope and being open to the possibilities, open to the fact that you can develop something new in any chapter of your life. It may not be able to be the same as in your youth, but you can still keep going. And that's what I use. That's really helps me be very positive. Right. That's yeah. great. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I love that. And it definitely is in alignment with what I know I've experienced. Right. So, yes. so, um, Obviously, with the current world events, right, and everything that's been going on, uh, you know, there's there's probably a surge in people that are, you know, have anxiety, have depression, that you know, need to talk to somebody like yourself, right? Yes. What are some of the things you're seeing, you know, on your side, being, you know, immersed in it day in day out? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So I'll just digress for a moment. I was leaving my practice in Needham and opening one here anyway, and then boom, COVID hit. This was going to take place in June. And mm -hmm. so I discovered teletherapy. So a lot of my clients that had been with me before COVID stayed with me. Mm -hmm. A lot of them, it, it certainly has impacted. I think the biggest, and then the newer people that have come, the biggest issue I've noticed is isolation. People feeling disconnected. Many people are extroverts and they don't do well with this kind of insulated world we've all lived in. But, and their anxiety has gone up. Many people, if it's not them, their children or their spouses are very, very anxious about contracting COVID. I mean, some to the point where it's almost debilitating. I have others that say, Darlene, I can't wait to, to open. Some people want the vaccine. Some people don't. So it's, it's an issue, but I'll, I'll say this. Until more recently, most of it was really other things go on. Life continues, believe it or not. I mean, well, you know that, but it, things go on. So this just really exacerbated it. But so if people had stressful marriages, yes, it would exacerbate it. If people were close, it brought them closer. But I think it's more in the last few months that's like, okay, enough is enough. Mm. And that's what's really hit. That's what's really hit. The other things, the anxiety and depression, if anything, it, again, it increases, but it's, 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 if you took COVID away, I'd probably still be seeing some of the same people, but right. that would be removed. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's yeah. good. So, um, so for someone today that may be in a place where they, you know, are, have experienced that isolation and, and, you know, they're getting to that threshold of like, I can't take this anymore. Right. What would be some things, obviously from, you know, of course they need to contact you, but like, yeah. what would be some things that they could do, right. Yes. That could support them to you know, work through that. Yes. So as, as you can see, I really believe in, so I tend to be a very active therapist. Now, when I say that, I'm as active as I need to be. If somebody wants to talk and talk and talk, that's fine. Most people want some input though, mm -hmm. or I'll interject if I think I'm going to forget something and I want to let them know. But I am someone that's very much a believer in hope and the positivity. And I point out to them to really think of their uniqueness, their strengths, and that nothing stays the same. That's what my book is really about. Nothing truly stays the same. The only change is constant that we will eventually get out of this. People that are so isolated, I really suggest they try to connect virtually. Yes, it's not the same as being in the flesh and hugging and holding, but it beats, I mean, to me, I'd rather have this than the telephone. I found this is much more open. You can see people's expressions. 
I also have people, if they're feeling so disconnected and they don't know what to do, to try to develop something new. Not everybody's open to that, or they'll say that's easy for you to say. And I say, it's really not because I'm not that young, but try to see what's out there that no matter what, this is a horrible pandemic, but better now than in 1918 when the Spanish flu came along or during the centuries where the bubonic plague was around because there wasn't hope. There were no medications. There were no vaccines. There was no television. There was no internet. So we have means of communication to try to at least divert that. And if nothing else, get outside, take a walk. You don't have to be near someone. You just take a walk and you'll get that fresh air and that often helps. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Good, good words of wisdom, right? Yeah. So, um, so from the, uh, um, the time that you've been doing this now, obviously there's this impact driven focus, right? But then what's the, what's the life vision for you? You know, like of, the life vision for my practice or for me personally? For you or, personally, like the thing yeah. that's you know, the thing that you want to be remembered by. Yeah, right? you know, thank you. I want to be remembered that I could help someone see their worth. Mm -hmm. We live in times where, as you know, I don't have to tell you, there's such an exhibitionism of all these famous or infamous people that make it look like life is green, they're billionaires and millionaires and they have the perfect life and the perfect family. Social media does that also. It really exacerbates that for people. And I say, you really have to believe that. We all know a picture speaks a thousand words, but what really lies behind it is the truth. And it's not always how things seem. So I believe, my belief is, I hope that I've helped people in a way that makes them believe in themselves. That is my greatest hope, whether it be through my therapy, which is mainly what I do, speaking, writing. I want to be able to leave the world and say, okay, I did the best I could to the very last days of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's great. So um, as we start to close here, you know, what, uh, what do you have that, you know, would be the best way for people to contact you? Oh, sure. So they can go to my website, darlingcorbett.com. They can sign up for a newsletter. I've got to put my book. I'm going to have some, my book I'll put four chapters on this. So DarleneCorbett.com would be the best place. It's unstuck by DarleneCorbett.com. And they can go and they can send me an email and I'd be glad to communicate with them. All right, perfect. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing your message today. I appreciate you taking the time to be here and uh, the impact that you're having in the world and keep doing the great work. Thank you so much. It's very much an honor to be here. We want to thank you for being all in with us on today's episode of the All In Podcast Show. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, as well as ways to connect to our guests, head to allinpodcast.com. That's available exclusively on allinpodcast.com.